0: chapter twelve of the randolphs by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twelve a crisis maria stood perfectly still holding on to her darkened lamp apparently listening to the retreating footsteps of dick norton in reality she was taking in this new and bewildering and to her utterly distasteful situation grace having company that was distinctively hers that came at stated evenings and assumed rights over her, above all, that kissed her. It was horrid. Why, Grace was nothing but a child, a schoolgirl yesterday, and would be yet but for the inconvenience of money, or rather the absence of it. To be sure, she was two years older than herself, but then she had always been old. Who had ever heard any one cautioned, even in her childhood, to look after her? BUT HAD NOT THE LITTLE MOTHER LOOKED AFTER THEM HUNDREDS OF TIMES, AS THEY TROTTED OFF TO SCHOOL, AND CALLED, TAKE GOOD CARE OF Gracie, DAUGHTER, NOT IN SARCASM EITHER, BUT IN REAL EARNESTNESS, FOR MARIA, WITH HER STRONGLY BUILT FIGURE AND FIRM STEP, AND INDEPENDENT air, LOOKED FULLY TWO YEARS OLDER THAN HER FRAIL SISTER, AND SO EVERY ONE, EVEN THE MOTHER, FELL INTO THE HABIT OF CONSIDERING HER THE LEADER, AND IN A CERTAIN SENSE THE PROTECTOR. None of the family, save Helen, had ever rebelled at the leadership, and there had been times when she was glad to avail herself of the convenience of it. And now Grace was in the parlour at this present moment bidding a special good-bye to a young man. Presently Maria recovered sufficiently to go forward to the kitchen table and fumble for the match safe. "'It isn't possible,' she muttered, as the vile fumes of the Lucifer curled into her nose." it can't be possible that she means anything but girlish nonsense. It isn't like Grace to be so free. It might do for some girls, but she has been differently brought up. But then she has been in that abominable store long enough to get careless. She sees him all the time, too, and I suppose he seems to her like a brother. However, that is altogether too brotherly. I always did detest that sort of sham relationship, anyhow to think of getting it up with such a goose as Alfred Parks. What can Grace have been thinking about? Fuh! Whether this last remark meant Alfred Parks or the Lucifer match did not appear, for Maria said no more. But she banged the bread-bowl about with a frowning face, and said, Scat! to the old white cat in such a tone that it sent her flying down cellar in dismay. It was not all ill-humor the young lady had that unfortunate manner of exhibiting perplexity. She did not know what to do. It must be all stopped, of course. It would never do to let Grace go on making a fool of herself. But how to stop it? She groaned over the thought of the store and the money coming from it regularly into the family purse. Grace was wonderfully careful and economical, she had the faculty of getting herself up like a lady out of a new ruffle and her old necktie re-dyed maria looked on respectfully and could never understand how it was done in case the clerkship came to an end how was she to get along without the revenue therefrom and in case it continued how was she to put a stop to the nonsense you see there was room for perplexity and there was no one to advise she was in just the right mood, by the time Grace had seen her visitor depart and locked the front door and came out to her, to turn fiercely around from the sponge she was stirring and say, "'Grace Randolph, what in the world has become of your common sense, to say nothing of your decency? What is the meaning of the performance I have had the pleasure of attending to-night?' She could hardly have done a more unwise thing. I never claimed an uncommon share of wisdom for my friend Maria a bright red spot glowed on grace's round fair cheek but she answered in a mild low voice i don't know what you can mean maria what have i done to disturb you is it about the woman i didn't say a word i know but alfred really did think it was dangerous for you it was not because he is heartless fiddlesticks for his heart maria said growing every minute more vexed what do i care about his heart or whether he has one at all or not what i want to know is what business has he to come here so much and what right have you to be so free with him i couldn't believe the witness of my own eyes at first why i actually saw that contemptible fellow kiss you and you stood and endured it now what does that all mean were you afraid of hurting his feelings or what if maria had taken the trouble to look away from her sponge during this harangue she would have seen that the red spot deepened and spread until Grace's whole face was a flame of scarlet. Her voice was still low, but wonderfully firm for so slight and yielding a girl, as she answered her irate sister in a way that she had never spoken before in her life. "'Maria, you have utterly forgotten yourself. Remember, I am two years the eldest, and am not to be called to account by you as if I were responsible to you for my actions.' If I were, you have not spoken to me in a way to invite confidence. If I were your daughter, I would be almost justified in an attempt to deceive you, after such harsh and cruel words. But I will tell you for all that just what it all means. I meant to tell you, of course, though I hoped it would be in a different way. And just here her voice trembled a little. Alfred Parks has the right to come and see me, and for that matter to kiss me good night if he chooses to do so he has all the right that i can give him at least i have promised to be his wife and as i have no mother to go to and i dare not disturb father there is nothing for it but to give him his rights in a less ceremonious but not less sincere way than others have done before me i don't know how you made this discovery that has made you so very angry to-night and i am sorry for it because it has disturbed a pleasant story that i meant to tell you this very night "'and that I hoped you would receive with sisterly sympathy. "'As it is, you will have to forgive us "'and make the most of us both. "'Good night.' "'And before Maria had done staring at the rosy face, "'for she had turned entirely away from the bread-sponge now, "'Grace had taken up her lamp "'and disappeared through the stairway. "'The water cooled in the bread-bowl, "'and the flour gathered itself into sticky lumps, "'and the spoon stood upright in the miserable mass,' while still Maria stood staring at the spot where Grace had been, apparently unable to turn her eyes away. What a revelation! The previous one had not prepared her for it in the least. It had been miserable enough to suppose that Grace was sinking to the level of very common young ladies, who thought that cordial leave-takings from their gentlemen acquaintances were no harm and no disgrace, she had even feared there might be a silly little feeling in grace's heart that she rather liked the insipid alfred but not for one moment did it occur to her that grace their little sister who it still seemed to her she should watch over and care for had actually given herself away thrown herself away rather on a brainless boy who was her inferior from every point of view so at least he looked to her the anger had all died out now this was something real and tangible. Utter dismay and bewilderment took its place. Was it possible that they would have to sit tamely down and submit to the state of things? See, Grace, the flower and darling, just frittered away. It was true enough, as she said, that there was no one with authority to whom to appeal. The father must not even hear of this. It was not to be thought of for a moment." It is not, said Maria to herself, with a swelling heart, it is not as if he were one of whom father could be fond and proud, and to whom it would be a joy to him to think of leaving grace. And with this thought the anger began to rise again, and she was enabled to turn to that unfinished sponge. She tucked it up neatly, and presently sat down to think, or rather to glower, at the future, and wonder what would be the end of it all. The next arrivals were Tom and Helen. There was a little glow of interest or satisfaction on Helen's face, and her voice was kindly as she said inquiringly, "'Are you studying ways and means as usual? If I were you I would write a book on domestic economy and end this struggle by making us all independent. I know it would be a success.' This she said while she was lighting a lamp, or while Tom was lighting it for her, and she went off immediately tom drew his chair near to his favorite sister and said well i am prepared to report as to the hopefulness of that new friendship of yours i thought you would storm me with questions what do you suppose is her story or do you know it she wasn't communicative to me at all the only answer that maria vouchsafed to this was to whirl herself around so that her eyes were in line with her brother's and say in her most abrupt tone "'Tom, what do you know of Alfred Parks?' "'Know of him?' Tom repeated, startled. "'Why, not a great deal. But as much as I care to, perhaps. No, I shouldn't say that. He is one of the kind I am after, only I hadn't thought of him. Is he to be one of your protégés? You remember you promised to help.' "'How should you relish him for a brother-in-law?' "'Maria!' said Tom, and there was sufficient amazement, not to say disgust, in his voice to satisfy Maria. "'What on earth do you mean? I didn't even know that you were acquainted with him, and I had not the remotest idea that you were thinking of any such matters anyway.' This was perhaps just what Maria needed. It was so ridiculous that it took the sting a little from her heart, and the gloom from her face, and she waited to laugh before she answered you can't be such an idiot as to suppose that I am talking about myself. Tom, I thought you had common sense.' "'What are you talking about?' said Tom, and then he stopped suddenly, and the amazed look changed to a flash of understanding, and then to dismay. "'Gracie?' he said breathlessly. "'That is just it. Now what is to be done? Such a thing as that can't be born, you know, and I want to know how we are to put an end to it.' that is a good deal easier said than done, and I suspect she will tell us that we have no business even to discuss it in that light. But how much of a beginning has it, and how did you discover it and all about it? So Maria began at her beginning, which only dated back to the feeling of annoyance that had crept over her of late at the frequency of that simpleton's calls, and detailed the result of the evening's experiences tom had arisen before she finished her story and was twirling his chair on one leg and looking both annoyed and perplexed he interrupted her while she was reporting her conversation with grace the beginning of it you couldn't have done a more unwise thing than to pounce down on the child in that style i know it do you consider that a very helpful and encouraging remark tom laughed well go on he said i see how it was "'Surprise and annoyance got the better of you, and I should probably have done just so.' "'No, you wouldn't. You are not made of quicksilver.' Then she finished her story. By the time it was concluded, Tom was taking a perplexed walk up and down the room. He had learned that of his father. "'He is decent enough, I suppose,' he said at last, speaking slowly, as if he were reluctant to admit even that.' but he is such a perfect ninny, a fellow to show off new styles and neckties and perfume his handkerchiefs with the latest fashion. I never imagined there was more than that to him. To think of one of the Randolphs fancying him. What can Grace mean? However, I don't see what we are to do. She will not be disposed to listen to reason, and certainly we have no authority, and would perhaps have no right to exercise it if we had." is she two or three years older than you? Two, but you needn't think I am going to sit meekly down and submit to such a thing. You haven't, Tom said, laughing a little. You have entered your protest. How far have you advanced toward stopping it, do you suppose? I don't know. There seems to be nothing that we can do. If he were a drunkard or anything of that sort, it would be different. But you see, he is a fellow of very decent habits, better perhaps than the average what a pity maria said imitating his doleful tone and then this troubled brother and sister broke down in a hearty laugh but i won't endure it all the same maria said rallying and you needn't think it i shall do something grace is nothing but a child she doesn't know her own mind any more than a kitten would she thinks it is nice to have somebody be interested in her and look after her that she doesn't get her feet wet on rainy days and walk a mile out of his way to carry her umbrella for her he has done that twice and she imagines that is reason enough for promising to marry him and you are her grandmother's maiden aunt and know all about it tom said finding it impossible not to laugh a little over this impetuous girl two years younger than her sister but she faced about on him with an unanswerable argument "'Tom Randolph, was I ever as young in my life as Grace is now?' "'Upon my word,' Tom said, speaking with utmost gravity, "'I don't think you ever were.' Then he walked the floor again. "'If she were a Christian,' he said slowly, "'I could appeal to that difference, but as it is.' "'If she were, she would wheedle him into thinking he was one in less than ten minutes,' Maria said spitefully." THE GREATEST TROUBLE WITH HIM IS THAT HE HASN'T ANY BRAINS AT ALL. HE HAS TO BORROW HIS IDEAS FROM HER. TOM, IF YOU COULD HEAR SOME OF HIS JOKES, YOU WOULD BE SICK FOR A WEEK. AND GRACE ACTUALLY LAUGHS OVER THEM. SO YOU SEE SHE MEANS IT. BUT I'LL DO SOMETHING, I'M SURE OF THAT. I WON'T SUBMIT MEEKLY. IF THE POOR wretch EVER BECOMES MY BROTHER-IN-LAW, I SHALL BE SORRY FOR HIM, THAT'S ALL. AT LAST THAT EVENING WAS ENDED. Tom said good-night without having thought what to do, and Maria went upstairs and locked herself in, and had a luxury she seldom permitted to herself, a real good cry, before she got out writing materials and set to work. End of chapter 12